Welcome to today's episode of The Power of Reinvention. I'm Kathy Sharp Ross, and we're here to talk with my guests about the dreams, the visions, and the passions that individuals have every day and dare to explore them. Whether it's business or personal, you're entitled to live the life that you want, and no matter the circumstances, you have the power to create success, fulfill your dreams, and live with passion. That's what I'm talking about. So dare greatly and happy reinventing, folks. Let's do this. I want to say welcome to everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of the Reinvention Virtual Chat today. I am super excited to have James and Shelly and Chris as our guests today. This is a really fun and unusual format. I think we've had two guests at the same time, but never three. And I, gosh, so so much input and insights from the three of you on this conversation that I just want to really say a heartfelt thank you for taking the time to be here with your incredibly busy and wonderful schedules because of everything that you guys do. Um, for those who are listening to the podcast for the first time, this is the Reinvention Virtual Chat and the podcast, The Power of Reinvention, all based on my book, Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For?, which came out a couple of years ago. We started doing the virtual chats because I couldn't go on book tour and I had to launch, reinvent my book tour plan. Um, Shelly and James are both featured in the book, so they know they've been on this journey with me for the last two years and uh, launched the podcast about a year ago. And so we are going to dive right in. I want to give brief introductions um, and just let you know who is here on the show today. James is the president of the Sasha Group, a VaynerX company with more than 35 years of experience in the field. James leads the Sasha Group to help businesses reach explosive growth potential through educational consulting and marketing services. That is an understatement for everything that he is and does. So I highly <laughs> recommend looking up James on LinkedIn and really filling in that picture. And we could be here all day talking about that. Shelly Zalas is the CEO of the Female Quotient. She is a pioneer for online research, movement leader, and a champion of gender equality. Through the Female Quotient, Shelly has connected more than 18,000 women in business and created the largest female community to transform workplace culture. Again, another major understatement of all that Shelly is and does and just so heartfelt to have Shelly be a part of this conversation today. And Chris Dietert, as the Chief Communications Officer at Influential, he has played an instrumental part in the launch and continuous growth of the company. He has more than 15 years of experience and has worked with some of the top leading brands and agencies. Chris and I have played in the business marketing PR event world together for God knows 25 plus mm -hmm. years. That long, maybe? Maybe not. About 20. About 20, about 20 right? <laughs> and um, all three of these people have actually been in my life for around the same amount of time. So it's really special to bring you together. Some of you meeting for the first time today. We've probably all been in the same rooms at the same time and maybe not connected. So this is really fantastic. Um, I want to start this with a, with a couple of important quotes. Um, we're looking at the corporate culture and building community around our work, our business, our careers, and our day-to-day -day lives right now. And there seems to be a really interesting conversation going on. We just returned to the workforce, I mean, to, not to the workforce, but to the workplace 
um, at the beginning of this month. And after the last two years that we've been through, it's been a really big question. Do we go back? Do we not go back? Do we work hybrid? We've done so much. We've had such productive couple of years working remotely. Productivity has been through the roof. Business has grown and flourished. There's so much that we've been able to do. But is that the best thing in the long term? for our companies? Is that the best thing for us as individuals? There are so many questions that come to mind that I thought would be a really interesting topic to discuss. So just to share a few statistics around what's happening, 55% of businesses globally are offering some capacity for remote work at the moment. 18% of the workforce telecommute on a full-time basis. 77% of telecommuters report being more productive. Not surprising, since we know that how much we can juggle in a day. There's a study by Stanford of 16,000 workers over nine months that found that working from home increases productivity by 13%. In the same study, workers also reported improved work satisfaction and attrition rates were cut by 50%. So there's a lot of arrows pointing up and very positive reasons to support the work from home conversation. However, on the other side of it, and this is sort of where I emotionally feel, especially as a small business owner, one of the most significant benefits of being in the office is the sense of community and getting back to your people. It has to do with connections and engagement and being with our colleagues. It's the need we have for each other and to be united around something that matters. It's also the positive obligation to contribute to the group and the culture and to share our talents and build relationships. And researchers at the University of Michigan found that when people spent more time interacting with others, talking, socializing, and connecting, they displayed improvemental function. So just a few very high-level statistics to get this conversation going. There are two sides to this conversation. There's probably three or four sides, frankly. Um, And I'm really just eager to sort of get each of your takes on this. So Shelly, I'd like to start with you. I'd love you to share just sort of your perspective. You talk every day on panels. You host panels. You're in the center of small companies, big companies, seeing a lot of change around gender equality, around the workplace, and just that dynamic. What are you hearing? And what's your sense, even for your own team and your own staff? Where do do you stand on this? And and how do you feel we can move forward? I I think that, you know, the pandemic has presented, as you said, you know, challenges, but also tremendous opportunity and a great opportunity to rethink the future of work workspace, work culture, and all of that, if we have an open mind to thinking about getting rid of the junk in the trunk and bringing in the good stuff. So let's get rid of the bad and let's bring the refreshing good things to the table. And actually, if you look at those statistics and break it by gender and break it by age and break it by responsibility, you will see a very different story because we also know that with the great resignation, over 2 million women left the workforce, you know, just in spring alone. Yeah. And so, you know, we are seeing very different stories. You know, it's the stay at home also created a lot of, you know, issues for women. And so, you know, a lot of this is creating a lot of stress. So the return to office 
is a um, a complicated conversation. The conversation should be, we should be creating flexibility for everyone. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, a, a lot of CEOs really need to be thinking about is it's not just the three, two schedule, because that's not going to work either. Because when we make things elective, who's going to take it? Women, they're going to get dinged in the long run. Caregiving is a very big issue. It was a big issue pre-pandemic. It still is a big issue. And these are things that we have to talk about. So the people that are going to be in the office are going to benefit. The ones that are not going to be in the office, no matter what people say, are going to be the ones that will experience the bias barriers. The things that we're talking about now is more like life stage accommodation, where we create the me versus we. When it's we time, which is team time, you need to be I think in a social environment with team because I think team building and social interaction is very important. And then the me time, you don't really need to be in an office just to sit there and show everyone that you're there. Work from home and have that ability to have that flexibility, but make it sort of the mandatory so that you're not creating the exception for the primary caregiver. So there's things that we do need to reflect on and think about, you know, giving people that opportunity of the flexibility, but also I do believe in social interactive, in interaction for team building, for all those ideas that you play off each other, you know, because we also see that working from home while at the beginning was very nice. It seemed, you know, okay, mental health is a really big issue. Um, microaggressions, a lot of people didn't experience it while working at home. We're going to start experiencing it a lot, getting yeah. it back to work. So there's a lot of, you know, implications that we do need to deal with that are not just so cut and dry and so simplistic um, that we're thinking about. And also space, workspace yeah. is something that CEOs are not actually thinking about is their responsibility. And I have to say, CEOs, pay attention it should be top of your list to be thinking about. You should be in the space business right now, rethinking space and allocation of if you want people to come back to office, what it should look like, feel like, and um, your employees should be experiencing. So that's an amazing segue to James, because James, I know you've been dealing with the juggling of the company at large, the divisions. You, you've got right. how many employees at VaynerX and Sasha Group? 1,500 worldwide now. There we go. So yeah. this is both a domestic and a global issue yeah. for, yeah. for you. And, and it has been. I, I think what, what uh, uh, so the, the surprise for me uh, came as remote works. Okay, so I didn't know that. I, I had spent 35 years in, in uh, various positions and didn't realize. The Sasha Group went from 35 employees and a little under 10 million before pandemic to uh, 90 employees and a little over 15 and a half million now. So, so it certainly works. Uh, um, what we're seeing is that um, uh, we had to put some things in place, uh, as Shelly said, to separate the me and the we time, right? So, so, um, uh, and kudos to, to my, my leadership team who, uh, contributes immensely uh, in trying to uh, uh, keep a culture uh, and uh, and the well-being of uh, of our staff um, uh, for, uh, front of mind. So you know, a focus Friday, for example, where hey, we're not going to have meetings on Fridays. People need that need that time now. For somebody like me who's old school, I can't figure out why you just can't have proper time management. 
why do you need a whole day set aside to, to focus? But for, for so many others, uh, it really does work and they really, they really do crave, crave it. Um, we uh, are still uh, in a voluntary uh, uh, go back to the office if you need to be there. Uh, but really effective May 2nd, we'll, we'll go back in the hybrid type format. Um, we're trying to bring uh, and leave some flexibility in that. So what do we mean by that? Um, we'll split up into teams. Uh, each team will be on one week and off the next. When they're on, they're expected to be in 80% of the time, which means four days. We're not telling you what those four days are. We're trying to give mm. you some flexibility, even in an on week, you pick the day that, uh, that you'll work from home. Uh, so in a, in a, a 20 work day month, you'll work in the office eight days and you'll be, uh, work from home the remainder. So that's our way of sort of towing the water, uh, beginning to get people back. We're doing that across all U.S. offices. So uh, regardless of, of where you sit and which offices may have more space than others, there are some offices where we have to do that because there's simply more bodies than there are seats. Right. Uh, and there's other offices where we're doing it because we want to be consistent uh, across uh, our, our U.S. culture. So that, that, that's a Vayner X um, uh, mandate uh, across all U.S. offices, uh, you know, depending on where they are. And I'm hey, James. So wait, go ahead. Kathy, one second. Yep, My girlfriend, um, Eve Rotsky, she wrote a book, Fair Play. Yeah. She created this concept called predictive flexibility. And it's such a good idea. And I just want to play off something you said about your four days a week where you don't tell anyone what four days. Look at this concept called predictive flexibility, because what she says is if you sort of define what teams are there on what days when it will help you with your desks and your allocations in a much more simple way and simple fashion. So look up that concept of predictive flexibility, which will give you a little more control over yeah. there who's not so that it's not like that chaos so you can keep the teams in a more controlled, flexible fashion. Yeah. I, I believe those that, uh, that, have organized that. And remember, I'm not doing that now at the VaynerX level, uh, must have come across that because that's exactly what's going to happen, Shelly. Yeah. You yeah. will have your assigned seat for your on week. So people will know where to find you mm -hmm. um, should they come by. But uh, um, uh, in, in the case of the Sasha group, you know, in uh, as far as the New York office goes, we would have uh, you know, 25 seats in a particular section set aside, which is different than Gallery Media Group, which is different than VaynerMedia. Uh, but but everyone would know, okay, that is the Sasha team. And there will always be people there should there be a need in the VaynerX hallways for, for Sasha representation. Um, uh, and if and when James is in, that is the seat that, that, that he sits to. Uh, sits in. So, um, uh, so it is a bit of that. I uh, mean, it's uh, interesting, James, right? There's a lot of variables. You've got sort of the physical seat. You've got the teams around clients and projects. You've got young people versus old people. You've got people with different responsibilities at home. There are those, and mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, younger generation who may not have the same responsibilities as the older with another spouse and other kids in the house or not in the house or the schedules mm -hmm. that we, you know, that, that we tend to judge 
juggle. Um, There's a lot of moving pieces to this conversation. And Chris, I want to give you a chance to weigh in on this. Um, You know, you're dealing with an industry influential, kind of lives in the world predominantly of younger Gen Z, millennials. You know, you've got sort of not only your own workforce, but the people with whom you do a lot of your business with on the influencer side, let alone the corporations and the brands that you're dealing with. What are you experiencing? And I know your offices used to be across the street from me now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Ryan, your brother, who's the founder of the company, and you are running this company from all over the place. So Mm -hmm. how's that that working for you? Yeah, it's been really interesting. And I, you know, I love listening to what Shelly and James are saying, because every bit of this is educational. Like I'm literally taking mental notes right now. And I'm going to go back to my head of people and I'm actually going to make her watch this so that she you know, <laughs> catches some of this stuff. But, you know, it's interesting for us um, and a lo- along a lot of the lines of what James has said. Um, and, and obviously, because we're in similar industries, we've thrived more than ever because of the pandemic. At the beginning of the pandemic, we had uh, 70 people and I think our revenues were around $60 million or something like that. Now we have 215 people and we're closing in on 200 million this year. So Amazing. Um, the... Thank you. The industry itself um, has has flourished because people have been forced to be at home, and content creators, especially, are very adept in living in that world. And at a time where traditional entertainment kind of broke down, your your studios were shutting down. You couldn't do television. You couldn't go to the movie theaters. You couldn't make movies. Um, content creators became that much more important. And so all of the content platforms. Um, started being the place that people would migrate to. And obviously, we were the great benefactors of that. Um, as far as our company itself goes, we took a pretty aggressive approach, um, I think, even to this point in, in actually saying that we are a remote first company. Um, and what I mean by that is we have, uh, we've gotten rid of our, our core office, which you knew was at 8383 Wilshire. Uh, we had about 90 people working there, probably have 150 if we were still there today, but uh, we got rid of that. Uh, then we got rid of an office in Vegas that was our tech office that had about 30 people. Um, and then the remaining office that we still have technically is a New York City office, the sales office. Uh, it can hold about 20 people. Um, from what I hear, we have maybe two or three people that go in there electively a week. Um, from what I understand, the, the regulations in New York are about to shift a bit. So people will have a little bit more flexibility. But I think the one thing that's been interesting about this time, which which would make it a lot more definable, is is the stop-start nature of all this. I think by the end of um, you know the fall, we all thought we were coming back into exactly. a place where schedules were being made, January, everyone's going back and all this sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, Omicron comes in and levels all of us and makes us all go, now what? <laughs> right. uh, do, I, do I ever want to sign a lease again? Like, I mean, am I going to go to swing spaces? You know, am I we're going to do WeWorks and so we currently as a company, and we're a pretty large company at this point, are kind of in still a wait and see sort of model. We understand that people need to be together. They need that, especially because we're in a creative business as well. They need yeah. to be together to, to get that sort of feeling. Um, some of the things that we've done to kind of um, in, the, in the interim kind of replace those things is we've taken away the office space, which has freed up a bunch of cash. With that cash, we've done really great mixers. We'll do large scale, like we'll rent out a skybox at the crypto.com space, which is formerly Staples, and we'll have all of our staff come. And that's like a a high priority thing for them because it's a cool place to be. It's something fun to do. And they genuinely miss each other. 
And when they get that time together, and I, I know you have to mix it up. Some of it has to be uh, the social time, which is fantastic, but some of it also has to be that work time. Right now, what we're trying to do is at least interject the social time so that you know if there are any sort of issues that are happening in our office or whatever, at least people can see each other in a fun circumstance and, and think positively of each other and, and enjoy that human interaction because we're sort of still straddling the line of what, what do we do and when. So what do you think, I mean, the mental implications, mental health implications, I should say, sorry. Um, You know, for some people, it's really important to get up, suit up, get out of the house and go to work and be around people and have social interaction and engagement all day. After two years of being at home, whether we had a dog, a cat, another person, a bunch of kids, whatever the situation there was always that sort of somewhere else to go and be that was different energy. And I talk a lot in my book about reinvention, about always changing things up and keeping that fresh new energy in your life and reach into the back of your closet and wear something you haven't worn in six months, drive a different way to work. You never know what you will see in the stimuli. Just sort of change a lot of things in your life. They give you something new to think about, to reflect on, an aha moment that may come to you, listen to different kind of music, just these things that we need to do to keep the energy in our lives fresh and new and, and, you know, just really sort of stimulated. So for a lot of people, it's been very um, difficult to be at home. And we're in the case that you can no longer offer to your staff to be in the office five days a week. Is that going to be a challenge? Is it, you know, incumbent on those who say, I want to be in the office five days a week. I would like to get out of the house. I'm very happy to be in the office five days. Please, you know, do, do we have different lists for those that do want it? I think a lot of young people are eager to get out and be with other people. Um, you know, I, I think that's really important from a personal perspective, but it also helps them with mentors and being mentored and connecting with the people that they work with. Um, James, how do you sort of juggle some of those things into what you're looking at structurally? Yeah, so that plan um, will also include uh, 40 swing desks that are unassigned to anybody who wants to be in, even if it isn't their week, their time mm-hmm. uh, to, to do that. We, we have found that. The offices have never really totally closed. Uh, and if, if they did, it was for short periods of time as mandated by the government. But generally speaking, they've always been office, uh, always been open on an on a as needed you know, basis. Now, that being said, Whenever I was in there, there was never more than 20 people in on a floor that fit 400. Mm-hmm. So you know that because you took a meeting with me. I, I was, was there and, twice two weeks ago yeah, and it was and, fantastic to walk yeah, in and there. That, and that was, you know, that was a crowd. There was 30. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and typically they were people who were 30 and younger. Uh, yeah. Because that's who's, you know, living in a one bedroom apartment in New York, staring at the walls and, you know, just really need that social environment. I mean, I, and I understand that. Look, I met my wife at work. So I, you know, I know what it is to socialize at, at you know, at work. Um, yeah. And now, you know, at 59, am I enjoying working from home and having that freedom and flexibility? Absolutely. Yeah. What am I seeing that's of value? Look at this screen. Everybody is the same size box. So now when I have a meeting, nobody realizes, oh, he's in the glass office, so he must be more important. They have 12 ceiling blocks in their office and I only have eight, so it must be a higher level than me. It's boxlessness. Everybody is the same. Yeah. 
So ideas are coming from every angle. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's idea is of value, of similar yeah. value. Yeah. You know, the hierarchical structure um, has has been removed, and and I think that's that's why we're flourishing as as much as we are um, right now uh, at, in a in a creative environment. Right. Um, so you know we'll we'll have to be uh, accommodating to the change. It's I don't think it's is ever going back to what it was that we knew. Um, you know. Uh, I, I did see, and I wrote an article on this on Medium. I actually uh, texted the team. I just Kathy, saw that. Thank you. Know, you. Just yeah. be prepared for a clunky return. Because when I did go in for a two-day summit meeting, it took me, you know, to step outside of where I had been for the last 30 years to realize how inefficient yeah. and clunky that environment is. People stumbling in late to the meetings. And, and while well, the food is set up in the room next door, we all take time to get food and we can't get the technology to work in the, in the conference room. So 20 of us are sitting around waiting for that to happen. Then we go out into the hallways. Is it, do we wear a mask? Do we not? I'm used to shaking their hand, but now it's a fist pump. You know, it's, we're in the meeting, 20 of us, one of us had a mask on. Um, are you uncomfortable that the other 19 of us do not? Can Should we? Like, it's clunky. It's a lot of stuff. So, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you're going to have to and be you, prepared yeah. for that. And you said something, and Shelly, I want to address this with you because I know that you are such a huge promote, proponent of us having a voice, women in particular, but for really everybody. Um, and I love what you said, James, about you know the, the democratization of the environment, of the workspace and the hierarchy. And... I find, too, that a lot more people are finding their voice in this environment, that it is having that effect. Um, and Shelley, just love your thoughts on some of some of this, you know, this piece of it. First of all, I love what James said about the boxless thing. And, you know, I was just with the CEO of a huge company the other day, and, you know, he was showing me how they've renovated their offices and stuff. And I was quite surprised that it still had cubicles and a few of the big offices and, you know, the corner office thing. And I said, you know, I hate to tell you this. I said, I hope you didn't implement that plan yet. I said, did you spend the money yet? And he said, no, we're about to, you know, pull the, you know, we're going to do it. And I said, well, don't because it's not going to work and it's going to fail. And he said, why? I said, because you need soft spaces, tons of soft space. You know, people want sofas. They're coming from their homes. They're going to want to all be spread out in big open spaces. The kitchen should be the center of the entire space because mm. people want coffee time. They want coffee talk and they want to hang out. And that's what the new environment is going to be. And then you need a big space for social impact where you have lots of projects. People can go find their purpose things and pick their own things that they're going to get together and work on. I said, so don't implement that plan. Save your money. Don't look for cords and wires for things to plug into. Have wireless desks and whatever so people can find their own things. And, you know, and then like this whole remote thing, if people are going to elect to work from home, the women that are going to choose from work, it's going to be the golf game. I said, I promise it's going to get back to the golf game that those that are present are going to be seen and those that aren't. And, you know, this whole concept of voice, I love what you said about the box list, because this is where my team, you know, I was feeling stale. I mean, and I'm so busy. I've got three kids, a daughter-in-law, I've got the uh, grandson. My house is so busy. I am never bored, but you get stale 
you know, after a certain time, you just, oh, another day, you're back at the computer, you're staring at things, you need the energy, you know? And so we are always playing games. My team, we're always playing off each other. And I love the interaction of all of us, like having this dynamism through, you know, the electricity through the screen, you could still feel it. And, you know, I talked to women, as you said, in a hundred countries all the time, and just knowing that women all over the world can feel like they're part of a community, whether they've met you, they know you, they don't know you, they feel this connection. And I think that you can do it whether you're physically in a space, wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, if you can create this electricity and keep that stimulation going somehow. But everyone needs to feel included and, you know, part of the process, you know, whether they're in a space or not. But if they're not seen, you know, when you're in a meeting and 20 people are sitting around a table physically together, you're going to be forgotten. They're not going to remember to include you when you're that one person on the screen and the 20 people are all, you know, yakking together in the room. You're going to be left out. They're not going to pause and say, oh, Kathy, I'm sorry, you're on the screen. What What are you thinking? Yeah, Can I- no, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And I'm glad you bring that up because... I've been dealing with this. We've been back at the office and we've got one of our team members who may be at home and it's like, wait, get her on Zoom so we can all discuss this because otherwise she won't be a part of it or somebody else might, you know, there were spontaneous conversations and moments and it became so clear to me, like I had this epiphany a week ago to have this conversation because I was now living it. We're back in the office. Some are in a few days. Some are in more days. I want to be here every day. I'm so over sitting in my house at a desk in the room next to my bedroom. I'm that person, have been for 33 years running a company, have never run it out of my house. So for me, coming back was a really exciting proposition. I understand and respect everybody feels differently. But what I found that happened in the last week with clients and partners in town and sitting around in here and just spitballing ideas about things. And all of a sudden, a new idea came up and that was genius. And it happened because we were sitting together. And those moments, and that was a real light bulb moment for me. I'm like, and I looked at them and I think I said, this is why we need to be in a room together. And it doesn't mean you have to be in five days a week to do it, but you need to understand the importance of cultivating that so that you can have it. And James, sorry, you were going to say. Yeah, no, I was going to say, Chris. I don't know if you're finding this same thing uh, mm-hmm. when when you were around, but uh, I I've I've been on a um, a, a recent old home uh, tour, right? So I I've, I've been having dinner and lunches with ex bosses of mine for the last uh, uh, twenty years, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about this remote environment. Now, obviously, they're all uh, older than me, uh, but we've been talking about how what's missing was the sidebar conversations. You know, I have one of my bosses say, James, because you were in the office next to me, I would walk by and and I would just talk to you about a different topic uh, that w- had nothing to do with work. And yeah. I became smarter by it and and mm-hmm. and and you got to know me better. Yeah. And that's what's missing yeah. in this Zoom world. It's like when you're on, it is business only. Yeah. Like we're on for the meeting and then we are off, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and that part, uh, and Chris, did you find this when when you don't have those offices with 150 people in it anymore? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny, like you had said, uh, how it goes to like almost purely business. There is some attempts to, you know, socialize before, but it feels like there's a hard line now. It's like everyone has to stop talking. And right. now, you know, well, like and before only, two, kind of, only two people can talk at the same time. Yeah, things, right. things would fall in, you know, like the way a meeting started. You'd be over here, somebody would be over here and everybody would be talking. And then it would feel like it's natural to go sit down and then the meeting would start. I do miss that sort of stuff. Um, you know, what I, I like to say about what happened with the pandemic is those two years, I would say would probably be the equivalent of five years in the future of work. Like, I don't think until 20, you know, 26 or 27, we probably would have in, in a healthy environment, we would have gotten to this place. Video conferencing had to be kind of knocked over our heads yeah. um, and, and almost forced to do it. I mean, I remember hating it. I still don't love it, but um, obviously it's a necessary evil without question. But there were times in the beginning where I couldn't stand it and I really didn't want to do it. And I just, you know, wanted to figure out an alternate solution. But then over time, you kind of, you fall into like the, the social norms of it and you, you can tolerate it and you can deal with it and you, you kind of, you know, obligate yourself to and, and change your life around for it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough thing. I mean, it, you, you definitely want both. Um, and then you're sitting in a spot where you're just not sure, like, Part of what was so much fun about building a fast growth company like we have is that we were able to start making the office nicer and nicer. And you you hear the stories or you've been to places like Facebook's office or Google's office, and it's legendary. It's like the best food you've ever had, cool experiences. You can go play ping pong, this, that, and the other. What we're going to come back to now is like stripped down workspace because it's it's becoming, you know, it's like building back to that. I yeah. mean, hopefully maybe yeah. eventually we can get back to having those fun spaces, but I know, especially for like our, our core group of workers is like 27 years old. And, you know, we have probably from as young as 20 to in their sixties, but it's a, it's a core young group. And I think that all of them, it's kind of sad, are going to miss that opportunity yeah. where we had like really, really fun workspaces and could make work and play. Like, I think the reason why a Facebook or a Google does that, they didn't want you to leave. And if you, if you gave them yoga and you gave them a gym and a place to put their stuff, I mean, you find people staying there, you know, 12, 14 hours yeah. a day. So I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting right. to see. Those yeah. features that people are looking for when they were, were looking for when they were, you know, going out and looking for their jobs and people were trying mm -hmm. to entice them with those kind of benefits in that environment. And again, it gets back to the corporate culture. And how do you immerse people in your corporate culture and help them understand who you are as a company? It is those little sidebar conversations when you walk by someone's office or you get off a call together with a client and then you all just kind of hang out and kind of talk about it. Or somebody picks up the baton and says, hey, this just transpired. I'm going to run with this. You run with that. There is that spontaneity. And again, this sort of like being back under one roof again has crystallized for me personally, the upside and the wonderfulness. And yeah. I'm kind of going, okay, so if this is so wonderful, why do you need to work at home one day a week or two days a week? <laughs> like, I, I don't fully get it. But for people for very personal reasons, it makes all the sense in the world. So to the extent that we can accommodate that, it's pretty special. And I think, you know, as, as you just said, Chris, you know, these last couple of years, you know, they really accelerated and forced some some reinventions, if you will, have to have to use that word, of course, <laughs> and um, you know, really sort of opened the door to possibility thinking, which 
has happened on so many levels for so many people on a personal level, on a business level, as companies, nothing would have made people accelerate, pivot, reinvent as dynamically as we have in the last two years. So that makes it exciting. I just want to say one thing. I think if everyone were on flexibility schedules, it would work. I think if there's exceptions, then it becomes sort of bias, you know, issues. But if we were all kind of in the same kind of flexibility thing, it would be great because then the osmosis effect would sort of, it would be, it would work for all of us. We would all have that same like in office at home, it wouldn't be the exceptions that would be left out. We would all be, exceptions would be the new norm for everyone. Yeah. And that would be, that. that's the real big opportunity. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. so that's the real trick is how do we make flexibility for all the new norm? Right. So that no one is left out, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's, that's the secret sauce here and making yeah, yeah. it simple and easy that it works. Yeah. And then yeah, by the I, way, I, I just wanted to say to me, this zoom thing or whatever screens people are using is a perfect new and like for me, I'm obsessed with it. So I am so excited. I never discovered it before. I didn't even know what it was. I'm now the queen of zoom. I've done seven <laughs> million thousand of them and I will now have it as my new and it will save me. I mean, I'm a 3 million miler on every airline. I know when flight attendants get their haircut and now I think <laughs> it will save me so many, like I don't start relationships because I believe in in-person flying to have dinner to say hello and start a relationship, but yeah. it'll keep my yeah. relationships yeah. going. So exactly. I think I will be able to reduce travel by a considerable amount. And I mean, how many, t- how many times have you said, you know, let's get on a call and like Zoom? I'm like, absolutely. If, like, if we were face-to-face having coffee, we'd be face-to-face. So let's do that. Grab yeah. your coffee. Let's get on yeah. Zoom and let's have a chat. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny. Yeah. I was doing this. We had a global client and we had 30 partners around the world. And we were doing a monthly Zoom chat with them the last three, four years. And so we were very adept around here at doing Zooms with a lot of people and sort of, you know, so it was kind of funny watching everybody as they were starting to learn how to adopt it in their lives. But mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah, what I'd like to mention too is, you know, as as leaders and, you know, C-level and founders uh, that we all are, um, I I personally have found great peace in some, some of this. Like, I think there was this automatic, like, um, you know, hamster wheel sort of mentality that I had to get on the plane always. I had to travel here, go to every single function, go to every dinner, shake every hand, and that somehow you would lose something. And I yeah. agree with what Shelly said. I think making that initial, uh, you know, shaking of hands or giving a hug and, and having dinner and having a drink together is a huge thing. But my life in a lot of ways has freed up uh, in nicer in nicer aspects of it because I don't feel that obligation and and I think reciprocally I'm seeing other leaders as well knowing that that's not so much a thing now and that we can hammer out some stuff by turning on our computers and that's going to save us money it's going to save us travel time that's going to keep us from potentially getting sick more often yeah so I I think I think you have to take all of this with a grain of salt and look at the good and the bad. And hope that, you know, after all of this, we just emerge as a better society. 
Yeah, there, there's there's uh, certainly um, uh, arguments on both sides of the camp, and the, it's hard to argue the uh, efficiency or you know that that we get from this. Uh, um, Kathy, you know Robert Souza. We were just oh, talking yeah. to him, and yeah. he was like, uh, "I saw him in the city uh, uh, two weeks ago," and he's like. I can't believe how inefficient I am in the city, you know, trying to get to meeting to meeting in a different office and all this downtime of, of, of getting there. If I'm home, I could take 12 meetings. If I'm in the city, I could take seven. And yeah. he said, that's, that's the difference now. Yeah. So he said, I'm going to really be selective yeah. in, in how often I, I come in in this face to face because I'm, I'm simply getting more done at home now he's just you know a sole practitioner so it's a little different there which but. is so interesting for him because he has to be one of the most social beings that we we have ever come across um mm-hmm. i was in new york for a week with partners on business and you know five six meetings a day you run around town uptown downtown i mean you know you're all over the place it is wonderful to be able to connect with each other on that level and you know th- there's a lot to be said i must have been in about seven or eight actual offices that week. And it was the first time in a couple of years that, you know, previous trips to New York, people were like, great, let's meet in the cafe. Let's meet in a restaurant. The building doesn't want to deal with the protocol. The company doesn't want to deal with the protocol. So coming back and being in offices felt so good. Um, but I think there is something to be said for the efficiency and, you know, as a small boutique agency, you know, there's a lot of overhead in travel. There's a lot of overhead in all that transportation and running around town. Um, I personally thrive on the connection with people, but I love, as you said, Shelley, the ability to extend that and to continue it and to, to now that it's what we're all doing, it's what we're all doing. It's like you said, Shelley, everybody needs to be on a flexible program and then it works everybody's doing Zoom meetings, so it works. It's okay to say, hey, I can't make it to LA or San Diego or New York for that meeting, but I'll hop on on Zoom. And everybody's like, great, that works. We all know that works. Three years ago, you couldn't have pulled that off. So I think that's pretty special. Thank you to our audience for joining us today. And please go to the reinventionexchange.com to follow and find all kinds of other fantastic content. And uh, happy reinventing. Thanks for listening to The Power of Reinvention. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Wouldn't mind a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, be sure to visit thereinventionexchange.com to share your reinvention stories, suggest a guest, join the newsletter mailing list, get access to my book, which is called Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For?, and discover fantastic bonus content with my blogs, and listen in to the Reinvention Virtual Chat series. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Please share with a friend, and thank you for listening. Happy reinventing.